You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. And now your hosts, Thomas Nystrom, Andrew Johnson, and Ian Bonner. Enjoy the show. Hi, folks. Episode 60 of the Short Shift Podcast is your host, Thomas Nystrom. I've got Ian Bonner and Andrew Johnson. Uh, Everybody showed up again this week. I love it. It's been a while since uh, we've even had an episode without one of you guys. If anybody wants a sick day, maybe it should be me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think the last time any of us missed an episode was when I went to Nashville and we had Kev on. Yep. And it's been all downhill since then. All know, downhill right? since then. But you know who it hasn't been downhill for? The NHL Bruins, baby. Yup. We look great. We look so good lately. Just Specifically who, though? Specifically uh, who? Go ahead. Jump right into it. Fucking Trent Frederick. Damn oh, it. my God. He's, he's, I not only. So this is I'm so dumb. Not only did I kind of <laughs> say out loud. Hey, man, the third line past couple games have gone back down to earth. This is after their two weeks of looking great. And then they had a couple games were like, ah, there's more mistakes than positivity there. And I so quick to go. Maybe that was just a little blip. We've seen these lines have little moments. And then immediately they turn it back on. And so I have to be wrong like that. Just brutal. Absolutely brutal. The are we calling it the sequence line? Yeah, I sure. think that's okay. the best one. I think that's shout the best out to James on Twitter. Yeah, uh, uh, he was at least the first person who said it in front of me. So that's that's who I'm shouting out to. Sequence line has looked phenomenal. Uh, I, I can't believe that a third line of ours is actually looking like this right now. Craig Smith, this at who knew that. It wasn't him being next to Marshawn and Bergeron that would get him going. It would be next to Charlie Coyle and Trent Frederick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Craig Smith is one of the best third liners in the league. He belongs to the third line, but he's one of the best third liners in the league. And he was great enough to be able to get moved up and down, but he belongs to the third line and he's awesome down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hattie in Vegas. Scored another one against the Kings. That Hattie, man, that third goal, that third goal had was like that third goal in the Vegas game. That was just the entire season's frustration getting purged in a slap shot while Robin Leonard's spinning like a top. That was one of my favorite goals of the night. Do you guys feel like, and this goes for Coyle as well, because we know Frederick's probably been frustrated, but do you guys feel like Smith and Coyle were frustrated? Do you feel like Smith has had frustration? Because I've liked his game all season. Smith is the kind of guy who will work through his frustration. Um, I I never saw a dip in effort, but definitely saw the dip. Definitely saw the dip in results, especially especially when he was playing hurt at the beginning of the season. I think in the first eight games of the year, he was a minus seven. Yeah, we and, were really vocal about what was yep, going on with him. Yeah, yep. and he's been then you know he's 
credit to him, man. His effort has never waned. I think that's the the reason the success for the entire line, though. Like they're they're all grinding together. Mm-hmm. They were, and they just work well. And Co- Coil is the perfect, you know, possession guy for Smith, who's the trigger man, and Frederick, who is kind of starting to find his shot. Shot be damned. He's just going back to being a wrecking ball, but with a little bit of IQ. He mm-hmm. comes in on the forecheck. Coyle comes in, grabs the puck, possesses, and Smith is your trigger man. And it works because Trent's now going to the front of the net, taking up that space, getting ready to take a shot or, or any rebound. He's making a mess. I mean, every part of that line is so chemistry filled. I'm so confused as to where this was all year. And I, I want to pound the table for this. For everybody who was telling me and telling us to a lesser extent for a long time about how Trent, what Trent Frederick is, this wasn't being shown. This wasn't being shown up until like the last month of this uh, last month of this season, the, the, the IQ plays what you're saying, he's starting to get more confidence. So the IQ, he's getting more, he's getting more sure of himself and he's not, taking those stupid boneheaded penalties and Thomas always will credit you for this. The lost dog shifts are gone. They're he's not there anymore. He stayed out of the box mm-hmm. since that night, that Minnesota game, January 6th, uh, 16 penalty minutes yeah. where he just fucking gooned it up and drove me fucking crazy. Since then he's had seven total penalty minutes. You're talking like 10, 15 games that have gone by. Yeah. And that was one fight in the Kings game where that was a fight that you're okay with because yeah. the Kings were trying to, to, you know, hype, hype themselves up. And Frederick, Frederick won that fight. Yeah. By the way, I thought that was a pretty good fight. I thought that was a pretty even fight. I miss, it was so rare. We get to see him where it's the puck drops and the boys just go shed him. It's, it's a little bit of showmanship, skate the circle, slowly take off the gloves. It's not just a whip them down and get in each other's face. It's a little bit of, oh, shit, here we go. <laughs> I love these moments. Dropping mitts and sucking tits, everybody. Let's fucking <laughs> go, Freddie. Let's go. New merch alert. <laughs> no, that's a letter, Kenny line. I can't steal that. I, I, I'm <laughs> just a, a million stolen lines. It's my entire persona. Uh, I will say. Beyond all the fun, giggly stuff about it, Frederick has been impeccable defensively for the most part. He's always had that on his game. Always been good about it. He's taking it to another level. His back check has improved. He's playing with more confidence, like you said. I want to say those people who held on to Freddie's stock should be running around saying, I told you so. You should be. I don't feel I agree with Andrew. I don't feel like we were wrong in being like, hey, this guy's what the hell is going on with this guy? But we were, I was, I'm at least was starting to be wrong where I'm like, I don't think he's going to put it together. I was, I was really out on Frederick um, for a little while there. I was around the same spot you were in. I really was. And I I said it the other night, um, setting up that, setting up on that first, the first goal in the Kings game, Freddie's finally an NHL player. Yeah. He wasn't before this. He is now. And he has a solid spot. It's and really that simple. He, he got knocked. It. He got knocked out of that spot. End of the third. It was third period. Felino takes over. I forget which game this was this week. Columbus. It was a Columbus game. Right. So he gets knocked down to the fourth line. And the next, I loved what Cassidy said about it. He said, we're not down on Frederick. We just thought that we weren't seeing what we wanted. We weren't getting the, what we expected. So we switched it up. 
and he goes right back to that third line and their money the next game. To be fair, uh, in that Columbus game, the third line was getting its dicks kicked in. Yeah, they were getting shellacked. It was yes. brutal. So, you're, but you're going to have that on occasion with that with with those line with you know with lower lines. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we've the, seen it with the top line too this year. Sure, so. absolutely. Yeah. But the balance of play in the last, I would say, three weeks since this line was put together, can't complain. They scare me a little because, you know, I like my advanced analytics and by the analytics, they're losing their shifts usually like as far as scoring chances and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But then when you go dive deeper and everything, they're also blocking a lot more shots, even though they're allowing a lot more shots. They're blocking a lot more than other lines. Their scoring chances are legitimate when they get them like not all the advanced analytics say this line is good, but it does say they're grindy and they're getting better results than they're giving. So I'm going to take it. I will say that part of that is probably because Charlie Coyle has not has, I believe, taken one shot in the last seven games. He's pass happy right now. He's yeah. a little too much, but that, yeah, we'll get, oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> w- will we? Oh, no, we will. I just remembered the pass. <laughs> the overtime pass. <laughs> I just remembered it. Yeah. What is cool about this, and I know we're kind of belaboring this point, but you now have. Bergeron, Marchand, who you can't split up. Mm-hmm. You have Hall and Pasta, who you can't split up. And you have Coyle and Smith. Those two, I, all credit given to, to Frederick, but Coyle and Smith, you don't split up. Those yeah. are the drivers of that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now you have Freddie, who fits in really well there. We're not going to move it. You have Howla, who's uh, doing fine as a 2C. I mean, is he an elite uh, play driver? No, but he's doing everything you could ask from him on that 2C. 20 points in his last 29 games. Yeah, super happy with that. And then DeBrusque, who's probably getting moved. We have a very weird upcoming trade deadline mixture of like, okay, do we need a top six guy? Because otherwise, who are you going to bump up? Hmm. It's really, we're in such a weird position with all this because the third line all of a sudden is like, no, Smith is staying put. So what do you think, guys? Like, we're about two weeks away from this trade deadline. Uh, Thomas, I think your view on the trade deadline hasn't really changed, has it? No. Okay. No. So it's term with no real assets, no real home run. Maybe a maybe a single, maybe a maybe like a down the line double. If mm-hmm. you're thinking, okay. Ian, I know you're on the hurdle train. Yeah, but like mostly as a meme. <laughs> but also sort of literally, but also so, mostly as a meme. So far be it for me to deny the memes, but where are you really? So I want hurdle, but then you go, all right, so Howla is just a fourth liner now because you don't put him on the mm-hmm. wing. Yeah, it's it's not a fit in all the assets you have to give up. Would it make our team better? I think, yes, it certainly would. But you're making a huge swing with a lot of assets to not exactly fix what you need fixed. You're just kind of improving in one area that you're already kind of doing more than tread water. And I don't know how much I've always been a big advocate for get the best player. Just always get the best player and work it out from there. This feels like a the chemistry starting to build on a lot of these lines. I don't want to swing for hurdle and give up a ton of stuff. I think I'm much closer to Thomas, where it's a, we have to ship DeBrusque off. We know that. Let's try to get something decent back there. We need somebody in the top six wing position. 
Is that internal? Does Stanika get another try? Does Seneshin, who's continuing to have a great season in the AHL, get another try? I, I don't know, but this is not a big swing deadline. And the closer we get, the more I feel like that. I agree. And to answer your question about Senny, I think that fate's sealed. I think so, too. I think his and DeBrusque's fate are sealed. So, okay, you have DeBrusque who needs to be moved. You have Seneshin, who I don't want to say needs to be moved, but could probably be a sweetener. You have have Stadnika, who's, what's what's his future in the organization? Like, you have to ask that question at this point. So, if you have these three assets and maybe a second or third round pick, like, this is what you have to work with. Yeah. Where do you go? Do you go to defense? Do, do, do we, do we, do I, do I, who I, I've been, I've been harping on, we need a middle six wing, but to your point, Ian, with this chemistry that's working out, do I go on Thomas's train and being like, okay, defense with term. Do you go defense with term? I go defense with term because I think internally we have someone we could try on that top line. And whether that is steam or stud, if we keep them, um, I think Marshan drives the line hard enough where you can put a guy who's maybe not totally belonging up there and still have an effective line. I would rather roll three lines in the playoffs than have one juggernaut one, because we've tried that for a decade and it has almost worked. We yeah, got real close. Yeah, but almost still means not. Yeah. What did, Jerry, what did Jerry Cheever say? What happens when you hit the post? It means you miss the fucking net. Yeah. So, yeah. Thomas, I think, think got to def- dive in. Defense with term is probably what I've said the most mm-hmm. over the last couple months. You've been on there. You've been on there for weeks. Um, I think you can also open up the idea of a decent centerman with some sort of term as well. And I think that comes back to the conversation that we don't necessarily want to have uh, of where where we're at at that position potentially as early as next year. So I'm 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 still not necessarily all in for this season uh, because I I still don't see even with a couple of like middle middle of the road moves us being able to make too deep of a run. Obviously, right now they're playing very well, except for like the last you know 34 seconds of. Any given game, but <laughs> let's yeah, let's let's dive into that we'll, later. We will, oh we will. But I'm I'm still I'm looking towards the future a little bit more than I think most fans probably are at this moment. Everything's kind of been grain of salt this year. We've after after the new year we came out so hot and it was like holy shit this team this team just woke up and then we had took a couple of games off and then we just got hot again and then we've taken a little bit of thirty four seconds off at the end of games and it's just it's been frustrating i i don't know if we've still seen the best that this team can be but we have seen that this team can compete with just about anybody when they're rolling Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of positives to take but i'm still if we're going to give up assets it needs to be something more than just a rental this year i'm i just can't back off of that which has been sweeney's thing the past couple years he's tried to get term uh and i do want to ask thomas specifically so Nebraska is getting traded. You and I are adamant about that. And I think yep. Andrew, you're, you're at that point too. That he has to get traded. Yeah. So do you trade him without getting an NHL player back? <laughs> did you hear that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think she I think said, that, hell no. 
I think I think Nell I think Nell disagrees with that take. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say, ah oh man, that's such a hard thing to say because it's I don't know what the player coming back would be. But that said, I don't know if DeBrusque is gonna get that great of a prospect where it's where we're gonna be having that conversation internally and mm-hmm. saying, you know, like this could be really good in another like two three years. I don't I don't think we're gonna get that type of a player back, that type of prospect back. Uh, I think we're gonna get kind of. Uh, I, I think we said this like weeks and weeks ago, what we're going to get back is probably somebody else's situation that they have organizationally, like we have with Jake DeBrusque, where it's, it's a good player, hasn't fully put it together where he, where he is, needs to change the, change the scenery. However, is that player as hot as Jake DeBrusque is right now? Maybe not. So that's a positive, but I, I still don't, I just don't know what we're going to get back from him because until we start seeing some movement in this trade market, like, leading up in this next week, we'll probably mm-hmm. start seeing something until I start to kind of see like the fucking barometer. I don't, I don't know what we're going to get. And I'm, but the question is because you have to internally, they're having this, they're having this question too. Are we trading him and trying to get an NHL player back? Or are we trading him for assets? I believe you have to get an NHL player back in that deal. I'm, I'm with, I'm with Ian on that one. I think there needs to be, I think there needs to be a tangible person that you can slot into the lineup. Um, whether it be a problem guy or not. Yeah. 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 Uh, how's Jake DeBrusque for Nick Schmaltz sound one for one? 11 points in his last two games. <laughs> if you just look at that, I mean, hells yeah. Man. <laughs> but I, I, I can't, I, I can't. What do you guys, do you guys have anything in mind for that kind of player? It's always been package deal for me, and I'm really struggling to. I, this weekend is my my team by team deep dive where I'm going to just go through it. Um, but I'm struggling to put together a package that makes sense with DeBrusque, and I'm happy with the return. And that's not just as a a Bruins fan who's obviously biased, right? Where I have to win the deal outright. But it's hard to see any team taking a deal having years of of film on this guy, knowing how inconsistent he is mm-hmm. and giving us back something that I think helps this year on a real run. I would trade DeBrusque for a rental. If it was a one for one, I would. That's fair okay. because ultimately we've already discussed the idea of keeping him as a rental, but we're right. taking that off the table. So yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. I haven't really thought too much of that because I'm just so lined up with the idea of packaging him to mm-hmm. and just, build the best possible package to get the best possible one player back. Even like, even if it's just one guy back mm-hmm. to basically fill his role. Cause I, as much as I love minor league hockey, I don't care if Providence makes the playoffs. So if we want to unload <laughs> some players from that team to, to improve the team now, I'm, I'm fine with that as long as they're not like true prospects. But if we're talking Senny who wants out stud, who's a question mark, you know what I mean? Like put those, to, those guys together with, with DeBrusque and I'm interested in at least hearing that conversation. Yeah. And can we just point out that I was so right for two months about, or three months about Providence, mm-hmm. not making a real run this year. I didn't think they were going to be very good. And then they just turn it the fuck on. Yep. And I look like a moron. Thank you, Providence. This mm-hmm. is, I told you guys when I first came on this pod, when I say something, the opposite happens. Sometimes it's a slow burn, but we always get there. Always. <laughs> Fucking Providence. Good job by you kids. I got some deep lines right now, man. There's no way around that. 
they and do. they have they have some they have some really interesting guys on just AHL deals too that yeah. is that are really balling out right now. So all his life. Balls so life. do we think? I do want to ask this: Does Nebraska trade it uh, this week? Do you think? Do you think it happens think, early? I don't think so. I think Sweeney, as he is wont to do, he's going to try to squeeze as much value out of Jake DeBrusque as he possibly can until the very last drip is wrung out. And then March 21st, he's off. I'm just, I'm nervous that he's going to wait too long. Yes. And then, and then get gun shy with the idea of what he's getting back. The whole situation. I fucking hate the deadline as much as I love it. I also hate it because it's so incredibly frustrating and terrifying. Mm -hmm. Less this year than it was even last year. Last year, we got fucking spoiled as Bruins fans. We we had the, a phenomenal deadline, yes. and if that set the fucking precedent that fans are going to be expecting this year, that's that's what I'm talking about. The letdown. Mike Riley, Taylor Hall, and Curtis Lazar for a second, a third, and Anders Bjork. What a deadline! <laughs> what a deadline! That just and that actually, yeah. you're saying it out loud, and I went, "Wait, is yeah. that all we gave up again? Yeah, is that it?" <laughs> Like, and then we rec- and then we recouped that third round pick for Dan Vladar. Yep, yep. Vladash, <laughs> excuse yeah. me. That's what that's a, a uh, that's a force the trade on EA Sports type thing right there. Yeah, like, <laughs> where it's like this. No, this isn't accepting. It's like no, it, just do it. Even on easy, they'd still deny yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely <Yeah>. not. <laughs> I can't. So there has been a lot of Jacob Middleton buzz the past forty eight hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's fine. He's just depth. If we gave up anything of value for that player, I would be legitimately upset because you know who he takes over for if he makes a lineup for board for board. He's yeah. just a, he's just another for board. Like, he's yeah. a little better. I think right now, but he's a better, he's a better younger for board. Yes. So wait, is he Lausanne? Hold on. I, was like, oh, hold on. Uh, <laughs> I just, it would be great to have more d- defensive depth. We all agree with that, especially when you consider the past two, three seasons, actually. Uh, we always need more of that, but th- that kind of, that kind of move isn't going to do anything for this fan base come trade deadline. You want to talk about letdown, say they only do that. Oof. If it's an auxiliary move, I'm fine with it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean, it is it is arguably the most uh, probable of the yes. list that we have in front of us because you also have Claude Giroux, which I'm just, is not happening. Well, the only reason I put it in there is that Friedman uh, reported that they're that the Bruins are kicking the tires, but the Bruins. Oh my God, I hate and not it's not a Friedman thing; it's an everyone thing. This team called about this superstar. They're doing their job. Yeah, yeah it's due dil- It's all due diligence. It's all yeah. due diligence. Oh, oh my god, Giroux's gonna end up on fucking Colorado, and we basically all know it at this point. No, I, I want to point. I want to point something out. Somebody leaked to Friedman. I believe it was yesterday, and Friedman reported it because he'll because he does this. That there's an executive that is concerned with Giroux's fitness to go through an entire playoff run and that might be driving the price down just a little bit. And I think that is that bullshit. No, no, no. I think this is Chuck Fletcher kind of throwing out a little 
you know, trying to trying to drive the price down through. Yeah, Philly. good fucking luck. Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding? I, I read that and I was shape, I read that and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? That, I don't think hey, that's shape. ballsy. <laughs> I mean, you got Phil Kessel over there chugging hot dogs before yeah. every game, and he's still doing his thing. Like, and you're you're gonna talk about fucking Claudio? I, 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 that's some bullshit. Unbelievable. Yeah. Hard, yeah. hard. Pass no, but that, no, but no, but no, yeah. but to Thomas's point, to and to your point, Ian, that's that's the kind of shit that gets thrown around here this time of year and it fools one gm a year every <laughs> year there's a gm that does something where you just go you listen to the headlines why did you listen to the headlines? that's guaranteed that's guaranteed to happen now because ben sherratt's going for a first round pick i still just i'm gonna laugh so hard if he goes for like a second and a sixth mm. i want that so badly <laughs> Uh, it's just you hope that it's not your gm that falls for it there's no way we trade for sherrod right no no No. none yeah no none but maybe (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that was perfect (laughs) that was good stuff oh can we uh can we talk about something else my my heart is sweating because i'm talking about terrible trade deadline deals and i don't want to see our team do it do you want to talk about terrible blown leads Yes. Thank you for the positive segue, Thomas. Yes. So I touched on it earlier. We have a couple of uh, closing closing seconds giving up a tying goal. Or a winning goal. Or a winning goal. Fuck. I got screwed this week on our bets because I was winning, like going into all these games, like my bet was correct. And then a coin flip late goal. And I'm just like, fucking, I'm getting killed out here. You also lost after... You also lost after your manifesto last week. My manifesto stands on its own. It doesn't need to be doesn't need to be followed <laughs> up with anything. That was a glorious. You were in the driver's moment. seat and you blew it. I, I by the way, looking back on that, just to add something that's not necessary. We were both wrong. We both predicted a win over the Ducks, did we not, Thomas? No, I had a loss to the Ducks. No, yeah, no, we had we. Oh, do we both have a loss to the Ducks then? I had a loss to the. Ducks. Oh, okay. Never mind. Carry on. Let's not worry about it. Yeah, cut that. <laughs> uh, no, it's fine. It's fine. Keep it in. I don't care. Mistakes shit. belong in the pod. Let's talk about these blown leads because it's not that bad. It's not that big of a deal. I'm, I'm Mr. Angry about the empty net stuff, and every time I've gone back and looked at it more, it's just sheer bad luck. Mm-hmm. It's it's a stretch of like now earlier in the season, earlier in the season when we were giving up leads and stuff, I was like, you know what, this is a problem. But we have stopped doing the whole I'm just going to stay in my zone for the entire third period. We have stopped doing that, it seems to me. And then in the last two minutes, they pull their fucking goalie and we just can't seem to get a breakout. I think it's just a bad string of games in that regard. I really do. I, I mean, think we're the coming off thing is ridiculous. Yeah. And also coming off a very long road mm-hmm. trip, you know, like it's, it sucks because I, even in the game the other night, two periods, they looked on point mm-hmm. and the third period, it seemed like they started slowing down and slowing down. The end of the game wasn't egregious. It was, I think there was a mixture of bad luck, bad positioning, but fuck if everybody didn't just call that like, <laughs> right before yeah. it happened you know like, yeah it just it felt like it was willed into existence and not not a fun way to come home and and finish that way but la played pissed that that game felt like a playoff game that first 100 percent nuts they yeah, were angry they were yeah. angry do you know so, who was angry in that game fucking clifton dude 
Dude, he had some hits. I was actually, I'm, I'm not a big Clifton guy. I think anybody listening to this podcast knows that I'm probably a little bit overly critical to him sometimes, but he, when he wants to be what he can be, he's fucking menace, dude. And he yeah. was throwing the body around the other night. I loved watching him on that Kings game. Yeah. So couple, couple things on my end. A, you know who else was pissed in that game? Kempe. And then he paid for it with yeah. Eric Forbort's <laughs> fists. Yeah. Yes. He got the shit kicked out of him. That was brutal. That was an ass kicking on ice. So if we had won that game, I was fully prepared to say that that was Derek Forbort's best defensive game of the year because he took out LA Kings leading scorer on a three on three situation that Forbort would never see the ice for. Yep. Yep. And And it was to beat the shit out of him. And it was after the fucking buzzer. It was after the 60 minutes. Yep. Yep. Free, free play straight up. Yep. Yep. And just beat the fucking piss out of him. So I loved that. And I, I hated that it didn't come to pass, but I was like, I was like, man, Forbort fucking playing 40 chess out here. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to believe that he did that shit on purpose with like, with intent. I think yeah. he did. I, I legit think he did. It's genuinely risky though, because the odds of us getting a roughing call on top of the fight yeah. was definitely there. I was concerned yep, until I saw the start of overtime and it was like three on three. I'm like, Oh, good. Never mind. Great. Good decisions. But, Make good choices. <laughs> <laughs> but Ian, I'm gonna push back on you saying it's not a big deal. The audacity. The 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 audacity of it all. So talking about the last two minutes of the Kings game, there was a confluence of events that led to that. Mm-hmm. And it was they pull their goalie, and it's not that they can't get get a breakout. What I'm seeing here is a rotten tactic. And it's connected to the empty nets. I'm seeing a lot that they're they're go, go, go for 58 minutes. They're pushing the pace. Even when they were tired, Thomas, in the third period, they were still trying to push the pace. They were still trying to get that insurance goal. They weren't hanging back. They weren't playing prevent. With an empty net, it's pinning the puck to the boards and trying to run the clock out. It's almost not even attempting to to get a breakout. I'm seeing a rotten tactic here. And I think part of that falls on Cassidy. That can be fixed. We have 25 games left. That definitely can be fixed. 25? Yeah, 57, 25, 82. Yeah, 25 games left. That needs to clean up and it needs to clean up soon. And it's something that can be, but it's concerning because it keeps happening. We have... Three of the best penalty killers in the league on our team, Marchand, Bergeron, and McAvoy. They're all incredible at it. So I am going to have a really hard time imagining a scenario where this does not get corrected because penalty killing and six on five, very similar and less room, but very similar. I'm not, I just, I can't be, if this continues for the next 20 games, sure, I'll start to get real concerned. Sometimes you let up goals in the third, like that happens, yada, yada. I have such a hard time believing. But three that, in the last four? Yeah, it's a bizarre stretch. That's the thing. Three and four. Think about how rare that is. I think it's a bizarre stretch. I'm not, I can't imagine. And even if, to your point, all of this is just bad tactics. I'm not so down on Cassidy that I'm like, he won't figure this out. Because it's not the hardest thing in the world to figure out. 
especially when it happens three out of four games. It's something no, he cares about. He's, oh, he's no, I'm not down on Cassidy. Like you could like those two things can be in the same room together. You can say, you know, I like what Cassidy's doing for the most part, but not here. Right. And he'll fix it. That's right. what I mean is it's not like this team is incapable of fixing that problem. And it's, it's actually more shocking that they even had it for a little while. It's nice it's, to hear in the postmortems that they're pissed. But yeah, they left, left points at the. You also we also take away the fact that yeah, I know we're right behind Toronto in the standings, but the Kings felt like they needed that game. Like they 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 came in and they just were we can't let this happen. And then no, they got they, a lucky pride. yeah they got a lucky bounce to tie it a knuckle puck that goes off McAvoy and perfectly lands right in front of I don't even fucking remember who scored the tying goal Trevor Moore Trevor Moore there you go and he's got a wide open net because Olmark. I mean, he's not going to make that save. It's a lucky Omar, bounce. Omar made some 10 bells, 10 bells he saves. He tapped us in the lead of that game. Yeah, he did. Uh, there was, I, for, I think it was the first goal. I was kind of like, I don't love that. No. But yeah. it happens. Omar is not, he's not our elite guy yet. Do I believe he has the potential to be there? Yes. I think he got better as that game went on, though. Yes, totally agree. Totally agree. Nah. Made that cross that cross crease glove save. That was the save. Oh, that was his save was of the gross. year. It was so good. Oh my god! All that to say, though, I'm not too worried about this particular trend. I do hate that we're not scoring empty nets. I've been harping on that for a month and a half. Mm-hmm. But and that's why I'm concerned about it right there. Allowing a goal is far worse to me. <laughs> well, the allowing the goal, but but here's the thing though: allowing the goal and not scoring the empty net. I think those are two issues that are coalescing here. They're becoming one. Sure, I just I I'm not worried about that persisting. Okay, optimistic. How about that? Mm-hmm. Just not worried about it. Now I, I get what Andrew's saying, but you have to take into account that they are eight two and two in the last what twelve games. So that math adds they're, up. Yeah, yeah. That's but hey. <laughs> I'm not drinking right now, so math math gets better. <laughs> <laughs> 11 out of 14, Thomas? That's right, baby. Fuck points. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I saw that, and I'm like, uh, yeah, he's, he's Thomas is on one tonight. I love it. Oh, good. He's using the pod Twitter to do it. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's all about drumming up interest, and uh, it's, it's Boy, about did social media marks. <laughs> That's what you gotta do, baby. Sometimes you gotta throw it out there. I don't give a fuck. M A F F. I was enjoying myself. M A F F. Math, math, baby. Uh, ultimately, uh, I feel good about this team right now. It is not ideal to watch them piss away a lead or or just a win in the closing seconds. But you did get a point out of the the Kings game, and it's just it, it was a successful stretch and that's what we needed and we are right behind toronto and i honestly didn't think that this would be a race uh for third place i would love to get out of fourth and well, honestly if we could do that by putting toronto into fourth then i'm all about it so well jack campbell has yes. what 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 happened what has mm. happened he reverted back to the goalie he was two years ago i mean this guy was <laughs> not a good goalie for a long time and then all of a sudden he's Man, he was a bust well. he was a top 10 bust yeah. and then he's going back to not being good and you're sitting there going oh wow no one saw this coming at all yeah also yeah. shesterkin for heart fuck you matthews yep <laughs> no 100 and actually all bias aside let's just have this conversation fine because I decided to. I, all we're doing aside, it again, Ian. I am doing it. 
all bias aside of, about the Leafs, Matthews is incredible, and I want him on my team so badly. I have no problem admitting that. I want Just shave the dirt stash. I want that. I don't. I'll take the. I'll take the pedo stash. I don't even care. <laughs> I want him on my team. I'm not going to get that. That's okay. I'm going to live with that. He's having an incredible season. Shesterkin's having like statistically a top ten season all fucking time. Mm-hmm. He just has not a crazy amount of starts between COVID and them trying to split reps. I saw a crazy stat today about Shesterkin that bolsters his heart candidacy. His record versus playoff teams, the Rangers record against playoff teams when he's starting 13, four and zero The Rangers record against playoff teams when he's not starting zero, eight and one. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I mean, is is that is that that's also condemning his counterpart at the same time? Yes, correct. But but (laughs) that record is. Yeah, dude, honestly, he's incredible. It's Igor and prey over there. Yeah, it's and look, if you want to talk about most valuable player, you know, who's still making the playoffs? If 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 they're out like Matthews being gone for that team, Toronto is still in probably fourth in the division. Right. They're probably still right there. The Rangers are not even in the conversation without Shesterkin. <laughs> yeah. They're not even close. Yeah. Shesterkin has accelerated that rebuild. Uh, he's he, having uh, he really has man. numbers. Insane. Mm-hmm. 942 through 37 games played. Yeah. A 942. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Jeremy I saw Stevens somebody nine twenty seven fourth in the league. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I did see somebody posting the other day, like, "Whoa, he has the fucking Norris Trophy winner in front of him." It's like, calm the fuck down. He also has more goals saved above expected than anybody else in the league. So yeah. I don't even you, think it's close. Just, it's not. He's it's at not. like twenty seven. For for reference, Philip Grubauer is minus thirty seven right now. Okay, but that's that's literally first and no, no, but that's just that's just that's just referencing in terms of like how this stat works. The yeah. only reason that this is not there's two reasons why it's not just a done conversation. Uh, first of all, Anderson is five goals save above expected behind him. So it's sort of, it's not close by any means. That's a, that's still a big margin, mm-hmm. but Anderson's having a really good season too. And if you have a guy even somewhat close to you in the conversation as a goalie, it's harder to be singled out and be like, absolutely. You're having the best season. You're crushing everybody else. That's this fair. is the Eric, this is the Eric Gagne parable. Do you remember back in 2003? Yeah. Yep. Should a, can a closer win MVP? Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of deal. Yeah. Okay, I was 10 at the time, so I'm having a little trouble, <laughs> a little trouble getting back there. The other argument is he has 37 starts when, I mean, you've got guys like Markstrom is 44, Saros is 47, Bobrovsky is 40. I mean, guys have more starts than him. I think yes. that's stupid. I think that's so dumb. I, I, look, well, it's, it's in, enough in this starts. climate for the NHL, like yeah. the, it needs to be a tandem. Like there's yeah. no... He, if anybody is the guy, it's probably fucking him for any team. You know what that I mean? That just like, drives the point more of how amazing but, the season's been. But that's, but yeah. that's it. But, but in this day's NHL, you need two good goaltenders. Yeah. And unfortunately, that team only has one right now, but they have the best, in my opinion. Georgiev yeah. used to be good. What happened to him? He is, I don't know what's but, going but on. But he's, I think, I think there's something mental for this dude because mm-hmm. he's got the talent and stuff like that. But some goalies just don't put it together. 
Mm-hmm. Like there's no way around that. We've seen that multiple times where somebody's got the size or he's got the body, he's got the talent and it just doesn't fall through. What or, it, or it falls through. <laughs> yeah. Matthews is the only other guy in the race though. Yeah. Um, McDavid would be if his incredibly poor shooting percentage over the past month and a half wasn't happening. Uh, they're having, having the playoffs right now, dude, by yeah, about four yeah. points clear. I don't know what's happening over in Edmonton. And I do. And Holland is happening. Check. That's what's happening. <laughs> oh, that's right. Good. That's uh, anyway. Uh, but so it's Matthews and him. And if you want to vote for Matthews, I don't think you're an idiot. I just really disagree with you. Mm-hmm. So at least you can say that where it's like, I'm not sitting here going, Matthews doesn't have a shot at this. I just, this season by Shostarkin is incredible. And I don't know how it doesn't go recognized. Yeah. The only the only way it doesn't is if again you you have you have the Gagne situation. Can a goalie win the heart with this kind of season when you have someone like Matthews that's right on his tail, or someone like Anderson who's right on his tail? Mm-hmm. Like if he's you're the, the he's league, win, he's winning who, the Vezina with a bullet. Let's speak oh, about that. Oh yeah. But, if you're the league, who do you want to win it from a marketing? Probably standpoint? Matthews. Yeah, pr- it's yeah, gonna be Matthews. I think so too. I think so too. Because he's the cover, he's the cover boy. He's the NHL twenty two cover boy. So. God, but get get him a better picture. Like I, I don't know if that's possible, man. He's a goofy looking fucker. He uh, is a goofy looking. <laughs> Shave fucker. the mustache, and he'll what he'd look like maybe a half percent better. All the memes of him looking like Meg from Family Guy are like literally some of my favorite hockey. Memes. Oh, they're so good. <laughs> if if they win the Stanley Cup, which is eventually. Stop going right to there. happen, guys. It's going to happen eventually. Stop right there. The Matthews is too good to never win a cup. Uh, if they win, Toronto is going to be full of pedo stashes. It's just going to be <laughs> everywhere you look, everyone's going to have one. And it's going to be awful. It's going to be terrible. Terrible place to live. Never go there. Toronto's a beautiful city. It <laughs> is. I want to go so bad. <laughs> but not if everyone has a pedo stash. That's all I'm no. saying. That's that's what I... Even thought. the women. Even- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's more suburban to, uh, Toronto. Sorry to all, <laughs> sorry to all the uh, Toronto area Bruins fans that listen to this podcast. We love you guys, but we yeah, do, we do. We you do. have the most beautiful city, but the 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 fans of the local team that populate your area are bullshit. They know, but they know better than us. That yes, you know what I mean. Yes. Like I don't think either. Could you imagine we're in a Boston jersey around Toronto every day? <laughs> like you have to deal with it every day. Oh, it would be yeah. brutal. Yeah. Stabbings. So many stabbings. <laughs> Very polite stabbings, though. I Very polite. Think. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, man. I hate you for saying that. <laughs> I, may, I may cut that just so people don't shit on sorry. you. <laughs> no, don't. Uh, we love our Canadian brethren. We do. We, really we, do. Do. we love you guys. And we know we know you exist. <laughs> shout out to yeah. shout out to Angelo. <laughs> so, all right, enough, enough about Canada. <laughs> enough about Canada. <laughs> There's an interesting development coming out of Minnesota, uh, which, which is Mc- basically Canada, but which yeah. is basically <laughs> so we're back to Canada. <laughs> There's an interesting development coming from Minnesota. Um, third round draft pick, 2018, Jack McBain, Boston College Center, is not going to be signing. He won't be signing his entry-level deal. He has 18 goals this year for BC, and he's a big boy, big center, was the ninth-rated prospect in the wild system that was ranked number three by Scott Wheeler. Man, wild are going to be good for many years. Mm-hmm. The asking price for the exclusive negotiating rights is a second-round pick. 
we need centers in our pipeline. He's kind of a second, third line tweener. He's, his scouting report sounds an awful lot like Charlie Coyle, but quantity. Do you dare if you're Sweeney? <sighs> you try to make it a third because if it's a third, I do that immediately. If I think I can re-sign him and it's a third, yeah. 100%. His entry-level deal is only going to be two years so because of his age. That's fine. If I have a couple of years to really see, I, I give a, we need centers so badly. And as much as I like stud thicker um, and Harrison looks good, but you start comparing Harrison's numbers and you go, all right, well, we've seen this before and it didn't, doesn't always lead to a sure thing prospect. Manta Kiwi's uh, shout out to the BNG podcast for getting that uh, interview with Matthias Manta Kiwi last week. Manta Kiwi's going up there on the, uh, depth chart as well mm -hmm. we're not we don't exactly have a we don't exactly have a dearth of center prospects but we don't have anybody that stands out and maybe mcbain isn't one that stands out either but he's he's another good solid player that could put the puck in the net and he's got kind of a puck possession game i mean maybe he's redundant with coil but maybe you take a chance like I just want to need centers. I just want to splash cold water on the folks on Twitter who are talking about, oh, he's a a, a Boston area college kid, blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. Where's he from? Toronto. <laughs> so there's a pretty good chance that it doesn't matter that he's going to school in Boston. He's probably not a bro a Boston fan mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to the NHL team. So I uh, just just want to point out that he's not he's not a Boston kid. He's just he plays. College hockey. In that's not what, but but it, but just to point out, that's not why I brought it up. It's just, no, absolutely it's, not, absolutely yeah. not. But I, I, you know how a lot of people in this fan base will immediately swing to, oh, it's a Boston College kid, or it's a BC or a, a BU kid, or whatever. Sweeney's gonna love this dude. Mm -hmm. If he does, it's it's because of his talent. It's probably because of his size. It has nothing to do with the fact that he's going to BC because he's not Six. he's not a Boston area kid. He's not from Renth, uh, uh, whatever town like Rentham. Yeah, Rentham, <laughs> and he's he's it's not him. Like that's that's not who we're looking at right now. But I would I would take a flyer on him, honestly, even for a second round pick. Just thinking of what is coming down the pipeline, we we have a better idea of what he is uh, coming into a pro level contract. Six you know three I mean? like, two fifteen. That's yeah. that size. But we've but we've seen him play. Bigger hockey than some of these 17, 18 year old kids who are going to be drafted this year. You know what I mean? He's in the Olympics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for that reason, it's just uh, do we take somebody who's less known commodity in, with a second round pick or do we go for it? We, get, we just got one of the better defensive pro college hockey prospects for a seventh. Yeah. So why not? Sneaky, sneaky things like that can rebuild your farm system pretty quickly. For sure. But I'm gun shy, though, because, again, I have to be really confident that I'm signing him to at least to an entry level. Mm -hmm. I have to be confident in that because giving up a second and him walking. Oof. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we're also talking about the idea of a rental and all that shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Things that are inherently risky by themselves. We were able yeah. to convince McAvoy that he wanted to stay in Boston long, to, long term. So. Yeah, I'm not terribly even though, scared. Even though, of that. quote, I hate the Boston Bruins. Yeah. Well, we did give him 9.5 million reasons, so yes, uh, that definitely helps. I would yeah. say, but I'm pretty sure he would have gotten just as much, probably more, 
if he hit the market and went somewhere else. Oh yeah. That's that's yeah, yeah that's not even a debate. Yeah, yeah, he would he would he would be getting north of eleven if he went in the free agent. Market. And he could have that's done right. that not in Boston. Yeah. So we we made him fall in love with this fucking city. Blessed franchise. Blessed. <laughs> I like how you say it like that. We made him. We made him fall in love. Yep. Look at the Prue. Look, Look at it. it. Look at it. <laughs> Look at it. <laughs> Good stuff. So yeah, no, I um I think I'm with Ian. Make it a third, maybe throw in a mid pro a mid prospect. Like a third round pick and I don't know. Jonah Compinen or something. Debrusque for him. Just a salary dump. Just said Debrusque. That would be interesting. That would be a bad trade for us. I yeah. Think. I think that'd be a bad trade for us. Yeah. But, but yeah. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. But if like, but if, but here's the thing, just to kind of circle back to the Debrusque thing for a second. If all we're getting is like, if all the only offers we're getting that's involving Debrusque is like for draft picks, do you circle back to that? And we're back on the depressed conversation. Look at that. It's, <laughs> it's just, it's all we, it's all we want to talk about. It's, it's a Thank, welcome to episode 60 of the Jake DeBrust podcast. Yeah. It's, <laughs> even after we should do that. And even after he changes teams, we'll still just have a Jake DeBrust podcast. No, we'll let's wait until episode 74 to do that. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. What if his number changes? Pretty good chance that it does. <laughs> that made me sad for some reason. It made me so sad. What, what are we doing right now? <laughs> Do we want to jump into predictions here? Uh, yes. I we guess. can do that. I'm terrified. Thomas uh, keeps beating me. Yeah, Thomas two weeks in a row. Winning. I took. Um, I'm now in the lead for our uh, predictions, our weekly mm-hmm. predictions here. Not not much of a lead. I'm pretty sure I have seven. Ian's got six, and then I think Andrew's right behind him with five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have six because of a very hot start, and uh, that's been it. That's all. That's all she wrote. You are um, the Buffalo Sabers. I am the Buffalo Sabers. Now I know exactly how you feel, Buffalo Sabers fans. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I, Andrew. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. No, of I'm just. Yeah, well, <laughs> a little call, mate. A little call, mate. All right, so we have Chicago tonight, seven o'clock. Then we have Saturday, seven o'clock game against Arizona. And then we go to Chicago on Tuesday for an 8.30 game. Those are three big games against opponents that are extremely beatable. So I I feel like scores are going to be a big factor on the uh, predictions this week. So they better be. They fucking better be. Otherwise, we're not even going to keep track. We're just going to be devastated by the worst week we've had with this team in so fucking long. The only thing that's throwing it off is Chicago's big game the other night. Where they went on a little bit of a scoring heater. What was the well? Final Arizona game? also just pumped nine. That's right. Fuck. It wasn't Schmaltz on the ice for every single goal. I'm pretty yes. sure he was. Yes, sure he, he had. Was. He had. Uh, no, he had, it was Despair. That's who was on the ice for every single goal. Really? Jeez. Yeah, he was on the ice for every single one. Oh my god, what a weird fucking game. How exciting! Like I said, Schmaltz. Schmaltz. <laughs> yeah. Schmaltz followed up a seven-point game with a four-point game, so. He's doing okay. That's Watch okay. out for that guy. That's pretty good. So, so theoretically, these games should be relatively easy, but the scoring is is a little bit intimidating here. So, I'll start because I normally don't start. Chicago, seven o'clock tonight. I believe the Bruins are going to bounce back a little bit. I think the defense stands up. I think it's a three-two dub. 
Oh, I thought he was going to go with a shuddy. I no. thought for a second. I thought it was going to happen. No. Oh, man. Oh, it's 3-2 dub. Oh, I love that. Ian, before you make a prediction, keep in mind, Swayman's starting tonight. Um, that doesn't mean anything to me, because Olmark is just <laughs> as good as Swayman. Um, I don't know why I did a voice for that. Yeah, I am going to go was that? <laughs> a, with a more substantial 5-2 to two dub. Okay. I'll take that. I watched the Blackhawks game against the Flyers last week. And man, oh man, Blackhawks defense is terrible. It's bad. It is bad. <laughs> so I'm going to go 5 1. I'm going to go 5 1. 5 1. Okay. So I have a closer game than you guys. That's fine. You're yeah, playing going. the odds. 3-2 is the most popular score in the league. Like, like that's, the, that's, that's the middle ground. That's perfect. I just don't think either team's going to pull away from each other. I think it's going to be – It's we haven't played them. You know, like this, these are original six teams. They're Blackhawks coming off a, a little bit of a – probably the highlight of their season. All of a sudden you have Blackhawks fans uh, forgetting their fucking garbage franchise – from yeah. from a front office position, and now they're actually excited <laughs> about hockey. So, no amount of soap can wash no. that away. No, no. Uh, but yeah, Saturday, Arizona. Go ahead, Andrew. This is where the shuddy is. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, Coyotes have scored eight and nine goals in separate games in the last week. And our defense shuts them down. I say 4-0 shutty, baby. Let's go. What a bold take against such a juggernaut. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be a 6-1 thrashing for us. Uh, that's going to be a big dub. 6-1. 4-1, I got. Same thing. Dub. Sorry, Arizona fans. I know there's a lot of you listening to this right now. Really, really passionate <laughs> about listening I to think the I think the <laughs> amount of Arizona fans that listen to this pod can fill up their new arena. It's very possible. <laughs> Oh man, we're just being mean at this point. Yeah, like, okay. This is just mean. They ain't fucking uh, listening to this. At Chicago, <laughs> I'm gonna go with a four-three win. Okay. It's gonna be a close one the second time we play them. Three-two. I think I I agree with Ian. It's gonna be close. Three-two dub. Four-one dub. Okay. I think so we, we go into so Chicago we... after after a, a, a Sunday Monday off going to Chicago and crowds fired up but Bruins are uh, going to score early and take them out of the game and then control the game. So we stretch out the goal differential a little bit this week. All right. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Got to do bit. that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have Minnesota on Wednesday if we want to call that just in case we aren't able to record on Monday and have to record Thursday. Do we want to call that game or do we want to... Uh, Sit that one out. Uh, I want to call it, but I also want to have the right to change that score because that I'm really going to feel differently in a, in, in a week about this yeah. team if this week goes sideways. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's call it. Are we at Minnesota or are we home for them? We're we home. At, no, oh, we are at, at really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's, the night, it's the night after the Chicago game. It's the 15th okay. and 16th. Yep. All right. Um, Ian, you go first. Uh, we are going to beat the living shit out of Minnesota. 
with a fat 4-1 dub. Jesus. Yep. All right. <laughs> I don't know why that got so violent, but I needed it. The living shit. <laughs> the living shit. Um, I see a... I, I think this game is going to be close. I see 3-2 overtime dub. I got okay. a 3-2 loss. Mm. I think Minnesota takes it. Regulation. All right. Don't like that. Yeah. No, I don't I like don't it either, but, but yeah. you got to... You, we got to... You know, 75% win percentage is, is not too bad. I'm pretty sure that could probably make the playoffs. Yeah, we squeak in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty okay with a, a week like that. I don't mind if we lose, if we drop a game every now and again to a good team, it's kind of like, eh. The, when we lost to the Kings last second, I was just kind of like, okay, that's a bummer. That's a yeah, shitty way deflating. to lose. But yeah. you're sitting there going, I, I'm so happy with what this team has been lately. I'm not going to lose my mind out of this. Yeah, they're good. They're good. The Kings are good. They've finished their rebuild, and now they're in the next stage of it. Fucking Byfield's going to win a fucking Art Ross one day. He really is. That guy's amazing. Mm-hmm. We got anything else? We do! Short 60, boys. Oh, Let's shit. fucking do it. Low qual edition. I like, uh, I like <laughs> that. I like the ring of that. Uh, I am going to switch it up because we've basically, last time, or the last couple times we've done this, it's been the same questions for each side. Because it is kind of tricky to, to find the, figure out what questions we should ask. You guys are getting different questions for the most part. So. All right, all right, motherfucker. Who's going first? Uh, either one of you. I, I don't. I'll go first. All right, all right. I'll, I'll step it up. All right. Will you, you let timer? me know? Oh no, I don't have a timer, but you I need my get phone your for timer. Shit, uh, fuck! I have to have a timer and, but I need my phone. If for you're gonna notes. host this, you gotta know how to do it. Figure it out what is what you do. <laughs> All right. Well, no, don't yell at me because I'm, I'm fragile. <laughs> hold, on. hold on. All right. We're ready. <laughs> Let me know when you're ready, Thomas. I'm good to go. Let's go. All right. Here we go. You won a contest and now get to choose one song that any member of the Bruins has to sing to you at center ice. What player and what song? Oh, man. Um, how about Jake DeBrusque? I'll be there for you. Oh my god, that's beautiful. You wake up in a new reality, and in this one, Tuka Rask returned to the league as an elite goalie this year, but he didn't return to the Bruins. Name a current team you would be excited to see him play with. I guess, I I don't don't even want to say Predators, because that's the second team, but Saros is so good. I would love to see him on a team like Florida. Uh, Gun to your head, you have to name any Bruins prospect who will play 60 or more games in the NHL next year. Hmm. I would love to see Senny, honestly. Okay, great. Uh, in 1981, the Oilers and Leafs were one signature away from trading franchises to each other, effectively switching cities. Pick two teams you think should switch cities. Damn, I love that question. There's so, so many good answers. It's so hard, though. <laughs> uh, two teams that have to switch cities. Let's just say Toronto and uh, Montreal. <laughs> there you go. Do you got a reason for just, it? We're way past time. At this uh, I just want to see the world burn. Okay. Excellent, Toronto Montreal. Oh, Ian, I love that question. I hope I got. Uh, I, I hope I got that one. It's one of my favorite facts about the league that they were <laughs> this close to just full swapping franchises. It was so dumb. Although I guess it's still technically a rumor, right? It's not. Mm-hmm. One of my one of my favorite ones was that the the how the Blues were a gnat's breath away from moving to Saskatoon. Mm-hmm. Which which was weird in hindsight with all that, because that would not have worked. 
<laughs> Probably. No. Oh, well. All right, Andrew, are you ready? I'm ready, boy. Let's go. Okay. Gun to your head. Name one Bruins prospect that will have at least a 10-year NHL career other than Lee Sell. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Victor Berglund. Wow. I, I want to ask more about that, but we're not going to do it right now. David Krejci says, fuck it, I'm coming back, but doesn't make it through waivers and is snagged by another team. What team would you actually be excited to see him play on? Colorado. You asshole. You, you lost a bet and now have to perform a karaoke song while skating in front of a packed t- TD garden. What song do you choose? I will always love you. <laughs> okay. In 1981, the Oilers and Leafs were one signature away from trading franchises to each other, effectively switching cities. Pick two teams you believe should switch cities. Minnesota and Dallas. Why? <laughs> Why not? Why do you think? I love that. That would be that would be funny. Yeah. Why do you think? <laughs> you know, just reasons. You know. No, Dallas used to be the Minnesota. North I know. Stars. I know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He read that in a book when he was growing up. Yeah, just back know. in the day. You know, when <laughs> I was little. Um, no, you guys I, a good I, job. That would be that would be that would be chaos because the stars are still hated over there. Yeah. 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 I uh, I would switch the uh, the Canucks and the Leafs. Because I think both those franchises are cursed, and I wonder if switching those those cities up helps. <laughs> that just gives Harold Ballard Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, basically. God, fucking Ballard was re- supposedly the one who backed out at the last minute because the, the Leafs were terrible in in the early '80s, mm-hmm. and the Oilers were new to the NHL, but were looking like they were going to be really good. It just turned into a whole mess. How weird. What, what did Ballard back out because it wouldn't make him enough money? Because that would be a Ballard thing. I have no idea. Just reportedly that he was the one who got cold feet in the end. Um, God, what a, what a stupid, fun question. I, yeah. I love that shit. Yeah, that's a good question. Anybody listening to this podcast, feel free to uh, chime in, tweet to us, and uh, send us what two teams you would flip. Because I think that question, there's a lot of really cool ideas that I could not think of in 60 seconds for that. It's an impossible that, question. That question. I almost I almost was yeah. like, you know what? Maybe we just do just this question. <laughs> and that's <laughs> all. It's like, give me three answers and it still won't be enough because there's still yeah. so many different options. But uh, yeah, appreciate everybody listening to this podcast. I appreciate everybody uh, tweeting at us and keeping us going through the middle of the week and uh, giving us ideas to uh, discuss. Keep that shit up. Love it. Uh, we will be back next week with probably a lot of trade talk. Uh, I'm sure we'll be teasing that on social media as we come uh, nearing up recording uh, for next week. But this is this is uh, grind time, boys. Season's yeah. about to get really, really fucking big. It's the winning next, time, baby. The next 15 games are the slog. Luckily, we have the trade deadline in there to really spark things up. Yep. But uh, this is going to get really nerve, nerve-wracking at times. I get excited about the trade deadline for months, and then I get super nervous about it. Yep, that's um, I'm already nervous about it yep. because I'm just, I'm just, oh my god, there's there's going to be a lot of movement I think at this this deadline, and I don't know, I, fuck, fuck, I got anxiety <laughs> right now. I, I, I need to get get a, get a drink while you're at it, dude. Yeah, I'm we thinking... <laughs> we need to plan for the the deadline talk one to be a long episode because I don't think we're going to be able to prevent that because otherwise it's just going to be, you know, we'll work it out. You boys got anything else? No, man, I love doing this shit. I was been having a hard week and this was really fun. I'm glad we got to, got to talk. Ian, don't you have a YouTube or whatever? No, I I canceled it. I broke it. Yeah, it's over. 
It's over. It's over. I made 160 something videos. It actually, it's been sparking right, you have two up. now. We just, we just crossed 500. I do have two. I made a. I'm just chucking Twitch gaming videos over there. But uh, <laughs> it, we we went over 500. We gained like 30 subs in the span of like four episodes for some reason, which is really cool. So thank you for all the support, everyone. Are you still panicking? Oh yeah, all the time. <laughs> all the time. Never stops. Grind, don't stop, baby. Can't stop, won't stop. I really Never. wish I could, but I can't and I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Later, boys. All right. Go, Go